Social emotional learning, it's the new way. Where culturally responsive meets innovation. Hey, Resilient Ones. My name is Kristen Hopkins, founder of the Dangers of the My Education Fund and creator of Black SEL. I'm a social and emotional expert, curriculum developer, and social entrepreneur who believes in the holistic development of Black youth and adults through culturally responsive and affirming resources. Welcome to the Black SEO Podcast, formerly known as Dangers of the Mind. Welcome to Black SEL, Blackity Black, Blackity Black, the social emotional hub for black people. Welcome to another episode of the Black SEL Podcast. Listen, here at Black SEL, we open up a safe space for black people to share their experiences, their expertise, be vulnerable, all while highlighting key social and emotional skills. And our goal is to make SEL relevant, tangible, and sustainable in black communities. So listen, today's guest, I am so over elated to have this woman here with me today, the Omi Shade Bernie Scott. Listen, before we get into her, I need to know, I need y'all to know that this woman speaks volume to me. I am inspired, like in, inspired to have her sitting right here on my couch. Oh, like for real, for real. Y'all don't understand. Okay. So let me read y'all some facts real quick about Miss Omi Shade. She is a graduate of UNC Chapel Hill, proud mother of two sons, and resides in the one and only Bull City, Durham, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Omi Shade knows healing is hard work, and I'm so excited to get into this conversation. It's not always fun or glamorous, but having kindred people who can navigate which will help you on your journey of menopause. So we're going to talk about menopause today. This is Black SEL and Black menopause and all the, all the things menopause, okay? Um, this is a conversation we're going to talk about. So, like, listen, we're going to go in. Omi Shade's knowledge has given her the ability to create spaces for non-binary black women and femmes who want to live fully in all ways. She has dedicated, or excuse me, she has decades, decades upon decades of experience in nonprofit leadership, philanthropy, and social justice. She is a founding tribe member of Spirit House and previously served as a board member of The Beautiful Project, Village of Wisdom, and Working Films. Omi Shade works, is featured on Oprah. Uh, uh, let me say it again let me get my throat Oprah daily y'all okay where she highlights the importance of black women navigating menopause with other women who share their experiences the creator of the black girls guide to surviving menopause a multimedia project seeking to curate and share the stories Mm, you know we love a good storytelling over here the stories and realities of black women women identified and gender expansive people so welcome to black sel blackity black 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 oh yes we love it thank you so much for being here oh honey this was a very (laughs) 
exciting invitation to receive yes. at the beginning of the year. Yes. So I'm really excited to listen, be here. Listen, we are walking into 2023, all good things. Yes, all, all the things. Listen, all, all things, impactful all things, things, right? Things, yes. So tell our listeners just mm-hmm. a little bit more. We, we read the bio and we know that you are all awesome and always, oh, but just you. give us some insight to your journey. Sure. You know, when I was an undergrad, I thought I was going to go to law school mm-hmm. and I thought I was going to have a PR job mm-hmm. and none of that happened. <laughs> Somebody named Dr. Sawini Madison mm-hmm. turned me out Ooh. in undergrad. She pressed into my mind and into my heart mm. the words of Zora Neale Hurston mm. and Toni Morrison and Gwendolyn Brooks and Gloria Naylor and Alice Walker mm. and Ntozaki Shange mm. and Sonia Sanchez and Octavia Butler. Yes. And I looked like 20. Wow. You know, and (laughs) so much of what I learned through this performance studies class, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that what I was learning was about embodiment. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that what I was learning was about justice. Mm. I didn't realize that what I was learning was about gender equity Mm -hmm. or health Mm -hmm. or reproductive justice or Africana studies. None Mm. None of those things kind of like made sense to me in that crystal clear way as they do now in retrospect, Mm -hmm. right? You know, and I know that some of the things that she introduced us to through those stories, Mm -hmm. through those narratives, through Sula's story, through Janie's story, you know, like all of these different stories wouldn't make sense to me until I had lived life. Wow. Right. And so your lived experiences. Come on. You know, one of the things that a lot of Southern folk like to say is keep living, daughter. Keep living. And I needed to live a little longer Mm -hmm. for certain stories that have been gifted to me Mm -hmm. to meet up with my story Mm -hmm. for it to resonate and make sense. Mm -hmm. So. I got off track. I was like, I'm not going to go to law school. Mm -hmm. And I had a a really, really short stint in higher education. I worked as an assistant director of undergraduate admissions. Mm -hmm. And then in 1995, somebody did me a major solid. Mm -hmm. Um, I was working with a brother named Daryl Lester. Um, He has worked in nonprofits. We've worked at three different places together. He's a consultant. And he was like, yo, check it, sis. There's this organization mm. in Durham. Mm. I was living in Raleigh. At the mm. time. Oh, you was one. You was one of those. You was living in Raleigh, but you done came to Durham. Look, I've been. I bought. My, I've been living in Durham since 1997. <laughs> Come on, old oh, Durham. <laughs> no, I had to. I had to piece yeah. Raleigh out. Yeah, you had to piece no, it out. No hate on Raleigh. I know. No hate on Raleigh. No we love Raleigh. Raleigh. But he was like, "There's an organization in Durham, and they do leadership development for young people who want to work in nonprofits. Mm. And you're a really good trainer. I think you'd be down for that." And I was like. Okay, so I applied for the job, got the job, and it is literally um, the building was in the self, the office was in the self help credit union yep. building, and that organization was called Public Allies, wow. and that was the first organization, first nonprofit that I worked for, and we did all of this really intense training with these young people around understanding how change happens, Mm. understanding what systemic oppression is, Mm -hmm. understanding how to do community organizing from an asset-based, not a needs-based, but an asset-based framework. Wow. And so we were doing all of this work, and that led me to doing other work in other organizations over the next 
25 years mm-hmm. and that we're we're coming up on it'll be 30 years in two years so i'm coming Amazing. up on 28 years of oh. of this work and i still feel like i'm the 27 or 28 year old yeah, coming into that, that fire space. yeah yeah and you wow. learn a lot so we you know we got connected with folk in movement space we learned about racial justice mm-hmm. gender justice education Come justice on. education yes, justice and the amazing work that Woo. black cell does yeah. is absolutely a part of that that core work Absolutely. and how we can make sure that our our children are protected and don't you know end up in the school to prison pipeline come on and so i've done that work so i've been a trainer an organizer an advocate an activist all these things and then i also worked in philanthropy mm-hmm. and worked as a um, program officer wow for a small family foundation so that gave me a behind the screen mm-hmm. view mm-hmm. into the philanthropic world. Yeah. And so right now, my work primarily is about how do I ensure, how am I in service mm-hmm. of making sure that all black folk are free? Mm. Mm. So what I do is really mm. of no consequence, right? Like, you know, people are always want to ask you, well, what do you do? Yeah. Say, I, I don't, I could do a whole lot of things, mm-hmm. but what am I about? What am I about? What am I about is all black folk being free, mm. all black folk being safe, Ooh. all black folk being happy, Come on. healthy, healing, joyous, creative, creative, right? right? All of those things. You and know. so that means I look for opportunities that can alchemize what I want. Yeah. Right. So yeah. if I know I want folk to be free, then the work I'm going to do mm is in service to that. You know, I had, this is so rich and so good to my soul, mm-hmm. you know, and we have to have conversations off camera too okay. about the, not cause I, I just want to sit up under you and like, you know, <laughs> just like, like, you know how you can just lay in someone's bosom <laughs> and be like, talk to me, you know, because this is like the yeah. space that I was in, you know, I had an educational consultant firm for years and I was on the business, the sure. business side. And actually, you know, before I met Josh, I was doing a lot of philanthropy work. Mm-hmm. But when I met Josh, it was like, he was like, you are an activist. That's right. You are uh, like, you're, you're, you should be in this nonprofit That's space. Right. Like, wh- where are you? Where's your heart? Yeah. And once I, and I had a nonprofit, mm-hmm. but I wasn't really doing anything with it. And mm-hmm. once I started Days of My Education Fund, it was like, I found my happy space. Sure. Also, I found my people. Mm-hmm. Because there was a whole tribe of people that was living for impact, Mm -hmm. that was living for black people to be free, and that was living for liberation. That's right. And I felt like on this business side, people were just hungry and money, you know? And it was like, ah, like, I don't, it's something about you that I don't, my spirit doesn't connect with. Mm -hmm. But when I get to this side, I was like, ooh, Mm -hmm. like, you make me happy. Mm -hmm. You make me feel good. And so, first and foremost, thank you Mm -hmm. for the work that you've done on this earth. Sure. You know, thank you for the, the just the the path that you've created because your footprints that's humbling i I have a friend who used to say this is our reasonable service Mm, for being here on this earth you know it's like what's your reasonable service Mm. and so i think that's reasonable service yeah so it has taught me so much about myself Mm -hmm. um it has changed the way my relationships happen Mm -hmm. um it has changed the way i parent yeah like so many things have um, been impacted in a really profound, potent way because of being inside of this social justice kind yeah. of creative space. Yeah. So I'm grateful. Like I, I know, I'm, I'm. This is so good. I don't want to mm-hmm. um, poo-poo or downplay what I think I have offered to the yeah. community, but I have been a huge yes. recipient. Yes. Huge, hugely yes. impacted by this work. You know what I say is 
we're blessed to be a blessing. Absolutely. And so every time we bless somebody else, it's blessing us. Yeah. Like we feel restored, yeah. we I feel agree. renewed. I agree. You know, mm -hmm. and I believe in that. Um, so let's let's talk about why you're here. Okay. You know, you're here for multiple reasons, but we're we specifically want to talk about menopause because sure. I I like this is such a phenomenal episode to me, and I, I know that our audience is gonna be like, oh, like mm. just shocked that mm -hmm. we're going there because I wanted to highlight every single profession, every single aspect. Because oftentimes when we think of social emotional learning, we only think of it in an educational manner, sure. or we, we don't apply it to our everyday life. Mm. And you know, I had you know someone on the other day talked about natural hair, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, she was like, your hair is like a plant, girl. If you ain't watering that plant, it ain't gonna grow. Mm -hmm. If you ain't moisturizing that plant, you know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, like it, it checked me yeah. because do we time manage, mm -hmm. our, like do we use time management skills? Mm -hmm. Do we use self-discipline? Mm -hmm. Do we use self-motivation when it comes to our like personal, mm -hmm. the littlest personal things? And so what got you into like being an advocate mm -hmm. for menopause? And obviously you've, been through it I right have. and we'll talk about it but yeah. but what really was like this is my lane because wow. a lot of people this ain't like we don't have this is not a big lane that it's not it is becoming it's becoming come it's on becoming come on pioneer it's, come on pioneer <laughs> it's like, definitely becoming that I, I feel like we we're on the vanguard truth be told my relationship to menopause really kind of um, came one from my personal experience but this work that unveiled itself or mm. revealed itself to me in 2019, I had no idea this is what I was gonna do. Mm. I just wanna be very honest. Mm. At the end of 2018, I made a really bold decision to take a sabbatical mm. from social justice Come work. on. So that was a really bold yeah. move. And well, good for you. Thank you. Because sometimes I, people don't know how to put it down for a second and take, and and take I put the, it. I put it down for a year. Wow. I put it down for a year. And, and I my, know that was hard. My, yes, it was very difficult. Wow. My oldest son, Che, encouraged me. He said, Mom, why don't you make this sabbatical a creative sabbatical? Mm. And I was like, that's a really good idea. He's mm. like, you're always like weaving in creativity mm. into your work. Mm -hmm. Why don't you do something just for you? Mm. Not, Come for, on. not for who you work Come on, for, Come you on. know? And by the way, she got some beautiful, beautiful sons. <laughs> I don't seen it. They're beautiful. Thank just you. beautiful. Thank you. God made some beautiful, beautiful black, <laughs> black boys. <laughs> some black boys. I, 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 like men. Like, yes. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, this is a great idea. Let me think about this. What would I want to do? I love documentary studies. Mm -hmm. Like I love documentaries. Yeah. I love audio documentaries. Yeah. I love video. I love film. Mm -hmm. Like, I really love, I'm a nerd in that way. Yeah. I love listening to stories. Yeah. And, like, the very first documentary I ever saw mm -hmm. was um, Eyes on the Prize. Ooh. And that's when I was an undergrad. Wow. See, you don't got amazing experience from this undergrad. Look, I'm, shout I, out to all of your professors. Shout out to Lee Green. Shout out to Sawini Madison. Like, <laughs> like, everybody don't get these type of experiences. No, no. And they pressed it. Mm. They were just like, if you're going to be here mm. on this campus, you got to know who you are. Like, wow. we got introduced to so many people. Wow. That's, it was amazing. But I wanted to use documentary in some way, shape, or form, I wasn't sure, mm -hmm. to document conversations I wanted to have with other black women. Yeah. So just initially, I just want to talk like we talk. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wanted to be like, hey, Kristen, uh, you want to have coffee with yeah. me? Let's just talk about how you live in your life. I love it. How's it going? The lived experiences. What's your lived experience? Mm. How you taking care of yourself? Mm. What are the things that you are kind of grappling with? Wow. What are the things you're excited about? Wow. That you want to give yourself permission to do? Yeah. That kind of thing. But specifically for older women. Wow. Because 
Um, I know that I have experienced a lot of support mm -hmm. in my 20s, my 30s, and my 40s. Mm -hmm. But it's almost as if you fall off a cliff once you hit 40. It's just like, mm -hmm. well, you're not learning anymore. Um, you're, you've got it all figured out. Yeah. Which that is absolutely not, not true. We're not investing in senior leadership, mm -hmm. advanced leadership. Mm -hmm. We're not investing in older people. Mm -hmm. Emerging leaders, yes. Yeah. Mid-career folk, yes. Yeah. But you're good, right? Yeah. And I was like, I want to talk to these other sisters. Wow. Like, how are you being supported? Who right. are your mentors? Right. How what are you navigating? How are you navigating? Yeah. How are you learning? What's up with you and grief mm, or rage? Yeah. Are you having sex? Come and on. is it good? Come on. Like, I want to know. I want to know. I want to know all of these <laughs> right. things. And so. I sat down with my producer, my podcast mm -hmm, producer, yep. Mariah. Shout out. Shout out, Mariah. Yes, and your podcast. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and I said, I want to do this. And she was like, Omi, you could totally do this as a mm. podcast. And wow. I would love to work with you on wow. that. And I was like, okay. And she, and she actually also gifted me the name. She was like, I think you should call it The Black Girl's Guide to Surviving Menopause. I thought that was Brilliant. funny. I thought it was funny. I was like, that's funny. You know what? <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. Wow. And so that first year was really about curating stories and figuring out spaces where we could hold space mm. for stories. Mm -hmm. So we did the podcast and then we did four in-person mm. events. We did two in North Carolina, one in Washington, D.C., wow. and one in Navasha, Kenya. Oh, and Kenya? And Kenya. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we were there for Take a Take it international. <laughs> we love us We're about, to, we about to do that again. We're about Listen. to go full circle. So we're invited to be a part of the Healing Justice Conference. Mm. Um, and I was there with my Spirit House tribe, with Maya from Spirit House. Mm -hmm. And I asked, is it okay with you all that we have a, a session around menopause and aging for these delegates? And the people participating in this conference were human rights defenders mm. from across the continent. Mm. So black women working in conflict states, mm. black women working around sexual assault and domestic violence, yeah, yeah. black women working around HIV and AIDS. Mm. So they're doing all kinds of work. As Protect the black woman at all costs. Listen, and these are frontline mm. human rights defenders. Frontline. And so part of what they were doing at this conference around healing justice was talking about what does it look like for the human rights defender to take care of themselves? Mm. How are you mm. taking into context the history, yeah. the political history, yeah. the cultural history, yeah. the political contemporary context, mm. the social context, yeah. and taking care of yourself? Yeah, yeah. What does that look like? Mm. Because so much is being poured out, poured out, and poured out, and poured out. How so then, what that ends up happening is people end up sick. Mm -hmm. The women who are doing the work end up sick, mm -hmm. physically ill, mm -hmm. mentally ill. Mm -hmm. Some of them expedite their own death yeah. in a lot of different ways. Oh gosh. And some of us are also terrorizing each other mm -hmm. inside of these organizations mm -hmm. where all of the trauma, our own trauma and also the visceral trauma mm -hmm. that we're experiencing as human rights defenders, mm -hmm. we're bringing it back into the mm -hmm. organization and mm -hmm. we're terrorizing our coworkers. Mm. And so mm. this human, this healing justice conversation was like, how can we stop doing that? Mm -hmm. And so we did that there. Yeah. So we, you know, we're, we have four seasons of the podcast. Wow. Um, Congratulations on four seasons. Cause I know that's not easy. It's not. And it's I know, not, you know, listen, it's, it's not easy. Um, it's, I've learned a lot about sound. Mm -hmm. I've, learned, <laughs> I've learned a lot about Murphy's right? Law. Listen, and we don't take that lightly, that sound, though. No. That sound, because you, you think you know sound until you get on the podcast. Until you get on like, the podcast, you're like, oh, um, that's, right. that's so tinny. Right. What's going on? Or also, um, like, I have my bracelets on now. My 
producer would kill me for having on these braids. Oh, yeah, and my earrings. I know you right here. Yes. Jock right here is my earrings. I'm jingle like, jangle. But I needed to, you know, I needed to have something <laughs> on my ears. And just figuring out good places yeah. to yeah. do conversations. Mm -hmm. um, one time we, we did a whole interview and it didn't record at one piece. Oh, gosh. It kept dropping every oh, two gosh. minutes. And we both were in tears. Oh, God. Because it was so good. Because we had interviewed Jackie Shelton Green. Oh, gosh. And we were at Mama Jackie's house. No. And she was dropping, like, just bombs. Of, just, and we were just like, yes, yes. Ooh. And then Mariah was like, okay, well, we're getting ready to go. She said, well, let me check on my laptop, make sure everything's good. And she's like, no, 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 no. And we both started crying. Because we just knew it was like. that. Would, but that, you know what? That was the universe letting us know. That conversation mm -hmm. was just for y'all. Just for y'all. I love that. You needed that medicine. Ooh. She's going to give some other medicine to the folk. Mm. So we have figured out that um, there are three or four ethoses mm -hmm. that ground our work. Mm. So the first one is black radical feminism. Ooh. Right? So a lot of people are familiar with the Kambaihi River Collective mm -hmm. and the statement that basically says the work of healing, mm -hmm. protecting, elevating mm. and liberating mm. black women mm. should start with black women. Come on. That's all. Wow. It's not that we don't invite other folk to mm -mm. participate or to partner but it or to us. support or invest. Mm. But we get to drive the narrative. We wow. get to drive the word. We get to determine the direction we want to go in, mm. right? And if you want to come along, come along. Following our leadership, though. Mm. Don't up jump the boogie and try to don't. get in front. Listen. So that's really important. That's good. Very important. The second thing is intergenerational work, which is why you and I are also having this mm -hmm. conversation. Um, because what we are talking about is a life transition that will happen to any person who has a uterus and ovaries. Wow. So the fact that it is cloaked in mystery, mm -hmm. that is there's taboo attached mm -hmm. to it, it's also conflated with aging because it typically happens at a certain time chronologically yeah. in your life. You can tell how a community or a society values mm -hmm. people by how they take care of their young people and their older people. Listen, let's, so you know it's so important. I watched my mom take care of her father sure. and her mother. Mm -hmm. They both died in my mom's house, yeah. both, and but at different times. Mm -hmm. But the way she nurtured and cared That's for right. them was like, there, there is no other choice That's right. for me. That's right. Because we don't see that a lot, yeah. though. It's like you might just tuck them off to a nursing home. Sure. But the nurturing and the caring of our parents yeah. is so important to our, our, our legacy. And it's also important that you got to witness that. You know, my parents are ancestors as well. My mom's been an ancestor. My dad's been an ancestor since I was one. Wow. My mom's been an ancestor since I was 31. Wow. My stepdad since I was 33. And I got to bear witness to my, my mother and my stepfather's transition. Mm -hmm. And the things that I think about now for my mom, mm -hmm. when she was in that caretaking role, yeah. was yeah. who was taking care of her? Who was taking care of her? Who was taking care of her? When she was taking care of two little girls. Um, her mom is not well, mm -hmm. so she's taking care of her mom. Mm -hmm. And she's a nurse mm -hmm. who was taking care of her. And she yeah. was probably perimenopausal. Oh, absolutely. Anybody asking her how she doing? Listen. Because that's not what happens. So we got to think about this from a meta level and then take it to an individual mm -hmm. level. So that intergenerational work is core. Mm -hmm. It's core to how we talk about it. Yeah. Um, it's core to how we invite people into the space. It's mm -hmm. core to the storytelling that we yeah. do. And it's also core because younger people 
who experience menopause, mm. people who are under oh, 40, under 30, because they've had cervical cancer or wow. they've had ovarian cancer wow. or they've had ovarian insufficiency wow. or they've had gender affirming surgery mm -hmm. to be more in alignment with their gender identity and yeah. had a hysterectomy. We don't talk about those folks. Wow. I, we interviewed a young person on the podcast last year. His name is Austin Smith. Mm. Austin is now 30, mm. but he had a full hysterectomy um, when he was 28 mm. and had complications from the surgery and also was thrown into medical menopause. And his care team was basically like, well, you good though, right? Because mm -hmm. you had the surgery you yeah. wanted to have. Yeah. Like this is, you know, we are helping you be more fully who you want to be. It's right. like, yeah, but you're leaving pieces of information out that are a part of this journey. Right. So, you know, it's important for us to remember that any ecosystem, yeah. any landscape, yeah. there are folk who are left at the margins. So those of wow. us who are about justice and liberation work, we, we center those folks mm. from the, who are left at the margins mm -hmm. to the center. Mm. So we unapologetically yeah. do that with intergenerational work. And then the last thing is partnership. Mm -hmm. It's really critical for us to partner with folks because we know we don't know everything. Mm. We don't know everything. We don't do everything. We, we don't, don't wanna, know everything. We don't want to know everything. And we don't want to do it. No, we don't want to do everything. Right. And so partnering with organizations that do research mm -hmm partnering with organizations to do more explicit reproductive justice yeah. work, though I do reproductive justice work, partnering with organizations that do health yeah. equity work. Yeah. Like we, we need these partnerships mm. because then we can also influence as a thought partner intersectional research, mm -hmm. policy, yes. advocacy, yes. right? And so that's really important for how our, our voices mm -hmm. are included in that, mm -hmm. but also how we influence what's being kind of orchestrated or, or, or conjured, yeah, yeah, you know? So yeah. that's kind of like, you know, where we are. We have to think about this, and I'm sure you think about this mm -hmm. with your cell work, especially your black cell work. Yeah. We have never felt at home inside of our bodies necessarily mm. in this country because we've always been told that we're a problem. We just talked about this. Oh. Since our arrival here, since our arrival here, our humanity has been at question. Mm -hmm. Our personhood has mm -hmm. been invisibilized. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about how our identity is racialized, mm -hmm. you got to think about gender too. Yeah, yeah. Black women, yeah. from the beginning of our oh, experience wow. here, ownership of our bodies, mm our own bodily autonomy, our mm. own body sovereignty. Mm. We've been grabbing it back out of the hands of people constantly, constantly. who are constantly telling us, you're not human, mm -hmm. you don't, you're not feeling pain. Yeah. This is not happening for you. You know, women are twice as likely to experience um, mental health issues, mm. right? But we're like 50% less likely to be diagnosed properly. Wow. Black women 50 are 50% less likely to be diagnosed properly for a mental health issue. Wow. Right. Black women are three times more likely to die during labor and delivery. Listen, we got to talk about this. Okay. So you mentioned something that was so important mm -hmm. about just the collaboration and sure. the partnership and all those things. But, you know, I'm sitting here listening to everything you're saying and I'm highlighting in my mind all these social and emotional skills yeah. that you and people in this community have to go through mm -hmm. in order to uplift others. Mm -hmm. And so there, I, I want to just touch on like what your regimen is because mm -hmm. it's, it's so like empowering to hear mm -hmm. about, and we use the term, it's a strong black woman. I don't know how you feel about that because, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we strong, but sometimes we looked at as strong, yeah. but are we really, you know, it's complicated, it's complicated right? It's complicated. And 
you as this black woman activist mm -hmm. and really fighting for women justice mm -hmm. and education justice and educating us, we first of all thank you. Mm -hmm. Because I like when you talk about reproductive systems and all that, I know that it is still a part of like we, when we say social responsibility, I'm like, this is my social responsibility to teach people SEL, mm -hmm. but it's also my social responsibility to, to take care of my own body. That's right. That's right. And you know, as black women, we don't think about that as our social responsibility. And I think it's important for us to start where a person is. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to, I never, I, you know, let me back up. I know that I will never, ever, ever be able to repay mm -hmm. or thank the people who trained me up, mm -hmm. my political, my first political homes, yeah. to help me understand what popular education is mm -hmm. um, and to help me understand pedagogy of the oppressed, mm. right? How do you use different dialogical tools mm -hmm. to help people tell their story to each other first, mm. right? We're just going to do some storytelling. And we're we good for the storytelling right? of the black people. Tell me your story. I'm mm -hmm. going to tell you my story. Mm -hmm. Then we see where our stories connect, mm -hmm. where they diverge, yeah. how they resonate, mm -hmm. how you turn me on to something I never heard of mm. before. Before we address any larger system, before we address any larger issue, mm -hmm. barrier, or challenge, Grounded in story first, mm -hmm. grounded in culture mm -hmm. first, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I don't start off any of our conversations, any of our interviews, any of our events by hitting people in the head with these meta things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not necessary, yeah. right? The same way that you know SEL wraps itself yeah. around work mm -hmm. and you can see it because mm -hmm. that's your work, yep. right? So you're listening to a person talk about what they're doing, mm -hmm. how they're doing mm -hmm. it. You're like, oh, that's SEL. Yes. That's what that is. Yes. I feel the same way. When someone's talking mm -hmm. about what they're doing, I'm like, oh, this person's a cultural organizer. Mm -hmm. Or this person, you know, you're doing racial justice yes. work. You know, but you have to give that person the space that they need to, sh to own their own mm -hmm. narrative. Mm -hmm. And to Ooh. share their narrative with other people, mm. right? But the first person you get to tell your own story to is yourself. Mm -hmm. right? Come on. <laughs> so that felt really important to me and, and my ability to be able to wrap around these menopause journeys, these aging journeys, mm -hmm. um, reproductive justice as a yeah. framework. So people yeah. understand reproductive justice was started in 1994 by nine black women. Wow. You understand? Nine black women who get consistently invisibilized when we talk about bodily autonomy, mm -hmm. when we talk about access to reproductive health, when yeah. we talk about contraceptives, yeah. when we talk about pregnant people yeah, and yeah. the maternal mortality rates of yeah. black folk. Yeah. Consistently invisibilized, mm -hmm. we always elevate these nine women. Because there are the founding mothers who said, if we do not center mm -hmm. the stories of black folk and mm -hmm. marginalized folk in this movement space, mm -hmm. we will consistently be invisibilized and our needs will not be met. They won't be met. They will not be met. So tell me just like a brief one minute over about reproductive. Sure. You know, what, so what is so the reproductive, we need to know? So here's a real easy soundbite. Yep. Reproductive justice is the ability of an individual to determine when, how, and if they're going to have children, mm. under what circumstances they want to have these children, okay. and to raise these children in a community and society that is free of violence. Ooh and that they are safe, mm. right? Mm. So that's why there's a lot of connective tissue between reproductive justice and environmental justice, mm. and climate justice, yeah. right? Voting wow. rights, right? Because wow. I get to decide if and when I'm going to have a child yeah. and under what conditions I'm going to have that child, wow. and that I have the ability to raise that child in a community where I'm safe, my child is safe, mm -hmm. and we can live free. Mm. 
that's what reproductive justice is. It's based on a human rights framework from the United Nations. So, you know, now that I am 35, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm older, I'm, you know, engaged, mm -hmm. and, you know, we're about to get married, and mm -hmm. it's just such an exciting time it in my is. life, right? Thank you. Thank you. And such an exciting time. But now, I have all these thoughts that never were. Sure. Like, I mean, I don't even know where they they were, you know, because I never, <laughs> never thought about kids. They had materialized. They never materialized. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I never thought about kids. Mm -hmm. I was just a, the hungry mm -hmm. black woman just mm -hmm. going in, you know, mm -hmm. just impacting the world, mm -hmm. doing what I do. And now I'm in a place that I'm like, oh, wow, I yeah. am thinking about kids. Sure. I'm thinking about, you know, what does that look like? I'm also thinking about how am I going to balance yeah. this world and how am I going to pour into sure. like, and have the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just a lot of anxiety mm -hmm. that comes with that. If I could be transparent, sure. you know, and, you know, what would you say to the 35-year-old woman? Oh, because yeah, even, yeah. you know, it, and that's the 35-year-old you, too, yeah. you know, yeah. because, because um, you know, there's a lot of pressure yes. in today's society with, oh, you better have some kids now because you better freeze your eggs. Yeah. Or you better do this. It's you a know? lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. And not everybody wants to be a parent. Yeah. You know, yeah. Or not everybody can. Mm -hmm. Or they can't, they can't in a way that is biological. Right. If you want a child, mm -hmm. if you want to have a child, if you want to parent a child, yeah. you can figure out the way to yeah. do that in yeah. a way that's meaningful and makes sense for you and your family. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So I'm very clear about yeah. that. If I were going to have a conversation with my 35-year-old self, I think the funny thing of that is that at 35, I had been a mom for 10 years. Wow, okay. I had, my, I had my first son when I was 25, and I had my youngest son when I was 41. Wow, come on, 41. So the difference in those experiences is that when you don't know something, you don't know it. Mm -mm, yeah. You know, you can, you can study things, you can know things intellectually, mm -hmm. but it's different when you're in the physical, tactile moment yeah. of that thing, yeah. whether that's your artistry, yeah. whether that's education and teaching, yeah whether that's birthing, mm -hmm. whether that's bearing witness to someone mm -hmm. transition and take their last breath. Mm -hmm. You think you know what it is yeah. intellectually yeah. until you're there wow. and you're watching this human being come into the world yeah. or watching a human being leave this world. Mm -hmm. It's a completely different wow. energy. Wow. It's a completely different experience. Yeah. And so if I were going to say anything to myself at 35, because mm -hmm. I, I was a single mom at 35. Mm -hmm. um, I was dating my ex-husband at the time. We had not gotten married. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure we were going to get married. Yeah. I probably would say to myself, you know, it's okay not to know everything. Mm. It's okay to let yourself figure things out. Yeah. And it's also okay to let somebody take good care of you. Ooh, come on. Yeah. Because that good care feels good. That when good you care get, is necessary. When you all be here independent, you know? It's necessary. And I also think quite often about my mom, and I wonder if, if she had been taken better care of mm -hmm. um, after my parents divorced and I don't think that that care necessarily had to come from a partner yeah. but just generally speaking yeah. would she have lived longer my mother had autoimmune, autoimmune um, disease mm. um, that she ultimately transitioned because of called sarcoidosis mm. and it impacted her lungs wow and so I often wonder if my mother had been able to either receive allowances yeah. support yeah. Um, from friends, wow. from family, would that have made a difference mm. in how long she would have lived? Mm -hmm. And I think that she gives me a lot of messages and information mm. from yes. the ancestor realm yes. now telling me, take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. You're more than somebody's mom. Wow. You're more than someone's sister. Yeah. You're more than someone's ex-wife. Yeah. 
you're more than someone's friend. Come on. You belong to you first. Yeah. So whatever decisions that we get to make about our bodies, mm -hmm. we ultimately first have to decide, well, what is it that I actually want? Do hmm. I want this? And then you get to decide, well, who are going to be my co-conspirators? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Who are going to be my champions? Mm -hmm. Who's going to help me with that? And that's how we ended up in this menopause space. It was like, well, who are going to be the co-conspirators, yeah. champions, and supporters yeah. of folk who are navigating menopause? Wow. Everybody deserves that. Everybody deserves yeah, that. of course. You know, and you brought up something that was so good, which makes me really think about mm -hmm. the, the most important competency in social emotional learning is self-awareness. Yes. Right? If we do not know ourselves, if we cannot sit down and accurately perceive. That's right. You know, That's our, right. our perceptions That's of who right. we are. That's right. And have a tribe to say, you know, if I say, uh, I, I take care of my body, but That's right. I, say, no, I don't know. I don't know if you do. You do. And Every, you need that reflector. You, you need, need that mirror. That but self-awareness, this is such an important part of this conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you brought this yeah. up. Self-awareness for black folk mm -hmm. cannot be divorced from cultural history. Ooh. It cannot. Ooh. Mm. I don't know how we can move in the world mm -hmm. with a level of self-awareness about who we are right now in this so current good. moment if we don't have a grounding in culture and history. Say that again, self-awareness for black folk cannot be divorced from culture or history. We're going to be quoting this. It, it just, it can't. It can't. So how you kind of like, you know, there's a book by Paula Giddings called mm -hmm. When and Where I Enter. Mm -hmm. And it talks about black women and social justice movement spaces starting from the um, suffrage movement on through mm -hmm. the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. And Paula Giddings taught it at Duke. She's yeah. an amazing sister, scholar, brilliant. Mm -hmm. And the When and Where I Enter is based off of Anna Julia Cooper mm -hmm. quote where she says, when and where I enter, the race enters with me. Ooh. When and where I enter, the race <laughs> enters with me. So wow. when and where I enter in my self-awareness, mm -hmm. who I am as a black Southern person mm. enters with me. Mm. And my understanding of my history, mm -hmm. um, my history here in North Carolina, mm -hmm. our, our history globally, yeah. diasporically, yes. um, my, my understanding of the culture mm -hmm. and what it means to be culturally black, mm -hmm. what it means to be culturally Southern. It means to be culturally black. It's, Come on. This is really important. It's real. And so that allows you then as you're trying to figure out, well, what does my family look like? Yeah. What does happiness look like? Yeah. What does my work look like? Yeah. What does my um, my offering to my community look like? Yeah. That, that becomes context. Yeah. And we don't do things out of context. Mm. We just sometimes forget the context wow. or we ignore the context. Yeah. But I think this is very important. Wow. And, you know, it's a piece of a skill that lies underneath social I mean, self-awareness mm -hmm. is self-efficacy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How are we evaluating our performance right. every day? Right. And so when we think of black women, mm -hmm. and, and I'm just going to use me for instance, mm -hmm. you know, I do all these things and mm -hmm. I'm so busy. And I was talking about this with my hair, but now I'm talking about this with my body. Mm -hmm. Because I'm like, am I giving myself, am I allotting enough time mm -hmm. in my schedule yeah. to take care of my body, yeah. to identify what is happening, sure. how do I feel? Not just my emotions and my thoughts sure. and my act, but what am I feeling in my body? Sure. Where is the stress living? That's right. Where does it live? Because sometimes I feel like yeah. um, it's like it right here. Sure. Like, I, like you know how people say stress lives yeah. in places? It does. I feel like it's in my back. Your it's body my... is always giving you information. First of all, our bodies are spectacular. Spectacular. They're amazing. <laughs> yeah. And they're always talking to us. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I, you know, somebody asked me, what does your menopausal body tell you? Yeah. My menopausal body tells me that I have shape-shifted all mm. my life. Mm. 
and that the shape I currently have mm-hmm. is not the shape I had when I was 40. Wow. It wasn't the shape I had at 30, yep. 25, 15, yep. Yep. two, yep. right? Like you shape shift. Mm-hmm. And there are things that I used to be able to do and I can't do, do no more. more. And you got to be okay with that. It's fine. You know, because it, 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 it's hard. To... But there are also things I can do now that I couldn't do before. Yes. Right? This body keeps changing and she keeps talking to mm. me. She's like, this is the type of rest you need on me. Mm. These are the types of foods you can eat and enjoy. These are the types of foods you can eat and enjoy, but it's going to get you later. Mm. See, yeah, I think I'm in a, a space right now where my body is changing. And I think this is like the perfect time yeah. for this conversation. Reboot. Re, I need a reboot yeah. because even the foods I'm eating, sure. you know, I just realized I got allergies the other day. Of course. I'm over here like, what is going on? I'm going having on? a headache. Exactly. I'm, I'm over here like just, just out here with sinuses, yes. you know, and I'm like, I, I never had allergies. Sure. So I was like, I had to really go talk to someone sure. to say, these are my effects. Like, and I knew it wasn't like, I'm not sick. I don't sure. feel sick. But there's but something, something else going on and it's also our environment. So it's not only that we're changing, mm. but this climate justice thing is a big, big thing in our communities, mm. right? In rural communities and urban communities. Okay. And you're thinking about well, what are the toxins that are in the air wow, yeah. or in the food or yep. in the water and yep. like how that then presents itself as allergies or mm. autoimmune issues, wow. right? And you're right. Our body talks to us in different places where you're holding stress, mm-hmm. where you're holding tenderness mm-hmm. that needs some attention, yeah. where you're ho- where you feel strong. Wow! Like today, I feel very, very strong in my thighs. Wow! Right, but I'm feeling a little bit of tension in my lower back because I've been like working on some applications for some stuff and writing some yeah. stuff and writing some articles, and I've been not sitting well. So, <laughs> you like it's just amazing how you're like totally telling me self worth because you're you're telling me exactly. Mm-hmm. About your your body yourself, mm-hmm. and that is a a, a, a phenomenal practice mm-hmm. to have mastered, mm-hmm. because then you know that like when you walk into spaces, mm-hmm. you are confident in mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. that you're you're in, mm-hmm. you're you're in your being, mm-hmm. and I think for a black woman mm-hmm. that we have to get to that mastery. We have to get, and I think that the mastery also is um, our ability in that self-awareness or that body mm-hmm. attunement yep. or, or somatics, because yep. that's what we're talking Absolutely. about. Like you're, you're tapping in somatically to your body. Absolutely. When you are off kilter, mm-hmm. when you are not well, mm-hmm. when you don't know what's going yeah. on, when you've made a mistake that you need to account for. Come on. Yeah, like the mastery of mm. that, mastery is not synonymous with perfection, mm. right? So mm. like if I have a, a praxis, yeah. If I have an ethos, mm-hmm. that's my commitment. Yeah. I'm not trying to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm committed. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm committed to the thing I'm doing. I'm committed to my values. I'm committed to how I would like to live this life. Mm-hmm. Am I good at it every day? Mm. No. Mm. Do I make mistakes? Absolutely. Mm. Do I have folk who are mirrors for me who can say, what's going on, sis? Yep. Because they know. know you. Because I, I got my own little condition tendencies mm-hmm. where I can, you know, yep hunker down and mm-hmm. do my thing and I have friends who will pull me. Yeah. What you doing? Yeah. That I, tribe. I, my that tribe. community. I had not talked to you. Mm-hmm. I need to lay my eyes on yeah. you. That's one of the things I love about yes. black folks. I, I need to lay my, my eyes, eyes on you. you. Yep. Yep. And we ain't even gotta do it in person. Mm-hmm. I can FaceTime you. I can let me zoom you. In. But let me let me check mm-hmm. in because I need to look in your mm-hmm. face. Cause every how are you and you say good and good. Right. You know, we so conditioned. We are conditioned. To be like, oh I'm good. I'm good. But what's your good? Like what does that mean? What does that even mean? Or every tired ain't tired. Come on. 
because what I learned in my own mental health journey, mm. and I have journeyed with depression, I have journeyed yeah. with anxiety, yes. is that tired was a code word for me for something else. Wow. And what my therapist did for me was help me unpack what mm. does tired mean? Mm. And I hear a lot of menopausal black women saying, girl, I'm just tired. Wow. I'm like, are you emotionally fatigued? Mm -hmm. Are you physically tired? Mm -hmm. Are you not sleeping? Yeah. Is it insomnia? Yeah. Are you tired of the whole situation? Yeah. Folk getting on your nerves at work? Right. Your kids getting on your nerves? What's, right. What is tired? What is tired? Let's unpack that. Wow. And to unpack that without shame mm. or judgment. Yeah. So good. Okay, so I want to ask you some things because, you know, we have in our black communities with women, we have like the fibroids mm -hmm. happening, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We have like all these things that we're not, we don't talk about sure. it as much. And we know it's there and it's coming out you know, mm -hmm. more and more each day. But one of the things I want to talk about is what are the, one of the first signs of menopause? Uh, and then when do you, when do you get it? Cause you said something about if you have like cervical cancer, sure. like then you can get it earlier, sure. but what is the typical average first sign? All right. So I'm going to blow your mind and I'm going to okay. tell you what menopause actually yes. is. And then we're going to talk about kind of like how it happens. Yes. First of all, menopause literally is when you have not had your menstrual cycle for 365 consecutive days. Wow, okay. And it's also a shifting in your estrogen and progesterone hormones. Wow, okay. If those things don't happen, yeah. you could have not had a cycle for eight months. Wow. And be like, oh, I'm menopausal. Yep. And your period comes back the next day. Okay. Like I have girlfriends now, you know, I'm, I'm about to be 56. <laughs> yeah. And we have girlfriends who are like, girl, you know, I ain't had a period for 10 months and yeah. then it showed up today. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Because you gotta hit the restart button wow. when it comes back. So that's what menopause, the literal translation of okay. that menopause yep. is the ceasing of your menstrual cycle. Mm. One full calendar year. Menopause. <laughs> One full calendar yes. year, yeah. And your estrogen and progesterone. And also your hormone levels continue to shift throughout your lifetime. Okay. Mm -hmm. And your hormones bathe everything. Mm -hmm. Estrogen bathes your hair. Wow. Your eyes. Wow. Teeth. Wow. Your endocrine system. Wow. Your heart. Your reproductive system. All of this. So when there are any shifts in your hormones, mm -hmm. everything is transformed. Yeah. Everything is impacted. Yeah. So here's the other piece of that. There's mm -hmm. a pregame. Mm -hmm. so, so I didn't know there was a menopause pregame mm -hmm. until I, um, at 40, I, um, I was pregnant uh -huh. and um, we had a miscarriage. Mm. Um, and that is when my OBGYN said to me, well, this is not uncommon for perimenopausal people. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is perimenopause right. like? Right. This is a whole, what are you talking about? Right. And she's like, oh, menopause is on a spectrum. There is a peri period, which is a pre-menopause period that can happen as early as your late 30s. Wow. Or as late or in a timely manner in mm -hmm. your late 40s, early 50s. What? <laughs> <laughs> you are enlightening me yes. right now. So I want to tell you that. Wow. And then you've got the menopause where you haven't had a cycle. Yep. So I haven't had a, I'm postmenopausal for almost 10 years. Wow. Right. And how old are you? Do you mind? 55. 55. Yep. So you're postmenopausal. Yep. So you're menopausal. I haven't had a menstrual cycle since 2013. Wow. So was that 45? That was. Yes, 45. Wow. I know. So that's early. They consider that early. I consider that early, too. Yeah. But here's another thing that a lot of research is talking about. There's a study. It's called the SWAN study. Mm -hmm. The SWAN study is the largest, longest, 
oldest mm -hmm. longitudinal study of women's health. Wow. And inside that study, they talk about menopause and aging. Mm -hmm. And inside of that menopause and aging, they talk about the fact that black women and Hispanic women experience menopause earlier. Wow. They have more intense symptoms and it lasts longer. So like, cause you know, I, I, I wonder all the time, do mm -hmm. like, as black women's symptoms like with cramps, sure. like worse sure. than any other nationality. Like I always wonder, cause I feel like we always just I, go through something a little. I like, feel like there's a combination of things and I don't know this to be true because yeah. I'm not a researcher yeah. and I'm not a doctor. But I do know that there's a causality that you mm. cannot ignore around the environment that people are living yes. in. Yes. And we know that cortisol is a real thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So if I'm living in an environment where how I move in the world mm. with my identity is a black woman, mm -hmm. a black southern woman, a black southern woman who's over 50, right. and all these things, there are ways in which I move in the world where I can lean into that, mm -hmm. and that's held and mm. supported, and there are ways where that's going to have people try to erase me, mm. oppress me, or harm me, right? Because they'll try it real quick. Right. So <laughs> this cortisol, what, what what we have learned about science, good yep. science yep. tells you that an elevated cortisol mm -hmm. level that stays elevated mm -hmm. is not healthy because mm. it's not sustainable. Mm. Cortisol, just like your amygdala, yeah. right? Once again, our bodies are brilliant. Right. And this is where I nerd out. We were trying to stay alive. We were trying not to be eaten by wild animals. Right. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So like our brains, our wow. guts, the way that adrenaline and cortisol works really was made to keep us alive. Wow. You encounter a situation that is traumatic or potentially violent, mm -hmm. your body gets activated, yep. your cortisol levels elevate, yep. your adrenaline levels elevate, your amygdala, which is wow. the oldest part of your brain, yeah. gives you a fight, flight, fawn response. Mm. Because it's keeping you safe. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be about your survival. Mm -hmm. But for black folk in this country, we have had persistent cortisol and adrenaline levels, mm. which has transformed the way we make decisions. Mm. It has impacted our bodies, mm. our health mm. outcomes, um, is our adrenal, um, um, adrenal glands, yeah. our cardiovascular health, wow. um, insulin levels yeah. around diabetes. All of these things are also impacted by cortisol wow. and ad adrenaline. Wow. So. I think that is important for us again not to just take things at face value. Yeah. So when someone says, Omi, why are black women having a different menopause experience? Mm -hmm. I like to say, Why do you think? Because physiologically, there's nothing different yeah. between us or anybody else. Yeah. Right? Because we know race is a construct. Mm hmm. Come on, right? let's talk about it. But racism is real. Mm -hmm. White supremacy is real. And we feel it. Patriarchy mm -hmm. is real. Misogyny mm -hmm. is real, right? And so if I'm experiencing these things yeah. in my day-to-day -day life, whether that is something really catastrophic mm -hmm. or just microaggressions yeah. that are getting on your nerves, absolutely, it impacts your body. Internalizes. So I cannot say with certainty that that doesn't have an impact on fibroids. Mm -hmm. But I think it should. Absolutely. I think it does. Absolutely. I can't say that it has an impact on PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, mm -hmm. but I'm pretty sure it probably does, mm. or endometriosis. Mm -hmm. And these are things that black women tend to have really challenging physiological experiences mm -hmm. with. We also know now that there is a connection potentially between the lie that's mm -hmm. in 
relaxers oh yeah and fibroids and endometriosis this is why you see me natural ladies and gentlemen for real <laughs> so and because i was like we're learning I, I, yeah we're, we're learning, learning. And, we're learning. and i was having some pain like in my head you know mm-hmm. like on back of my head and i'm like i need to figure take, out yeah, yeah figure out what's going on take a break yeah. and understand sure. and i've been in a natural community sure. already but it was like a different Sure. For me at 35. Sure. Like it was like, it wasn't just to feel liberated. Absolutely. Right. But to really understand like what is really going on with my Absolutely. body. Absolutely. Including my hair. Absolutely. Um, so this is so good. One of the things I want to touch on mm-hmm. is so, you know, we talked about when menopause can come mm-hmm. and like give me one first sign mm-hmm. that, that someone's like experienced. I'll give some you know. typical signs because there's several. Okay. There's several. Okay. Like there are over 80 oh, wow. physical possibilities. Oh, wow. Like yeah. literally. Yeah. But the ones that are most um, commonly known are called vasomotor symptoms. Mm. V-A-S-O-M-O-T-O-R. Vasomotor. Okay. And those, the things that live inside of that are like hot flashes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, night sweats. Okay. Insomnia, mm. um, brain fog or cognition differences. Wow. Um, issues around depth perception. Yeah. Like bumping into stuff. Yep. Or, yep. Forget, you know, forgetfulness. Yeah. You know, where you like put you, like my running joke with my youngest son, he's like, did you take the keys out the front door? I, I leave my keys yep. in the front door all the time. I also put them in the, in the refrigerator. <laughs> so he'll, he'll be like, I'm like, Thank you. That's part of that juice. Thank you. I was getting some kombucha. Anyway, so these are typical things. Um, Also, as we age and because our hormones are are shifting, you know, we might see weight gain. Mm -hmm. um, And then the the weight gain shifts, like Mm -hmm. where weight was deposited before you were in menopause might have been in your thighs and in your in your your hips and your buttocks and then you end up with visceral fat in Mm. your belly Mm. so your body composition changes yeah right um i think i'm going through that now i'm like my (laughs) menopause i mean well my metabolism does slow down and your metabolism shifts and changes but that doesn't mean that you are being held hostage to any of these things Right, right. right and so one of the things that was very important for me to pay attention to was my nutrition and my diet. Mm. And I don't mean dieting. I mean, what was I eating? Yeah. And what was my body telling me about what I was eating, mm. right? So I know that I can't do a lot of caffeine. Oh, wow. Um, and I also know that spicy, I love spicy yeah, foods. Yeah, me but too. But too spicy? Yeah. Too, too spicy yeah. too often yeah. is not a good thing. Oh, I know. I'm going to let it go. Somebody told me that day. I love spicy food. Yeah. Now, you know, you can enjoy yeah. everything in moderation, in I my know. opinion. I know. You know, because we're not body shaming anybody. Yeah. And we're making sure that people, you should be able to eat what you want to eat, yeah. being clear about what you're eating and how it impacts your body mm-hmm. and your health. Yep. Yep, absolutely. So, and making the responsible decision. Because, you know. Because if you know, you can't you unring know, a bell. You can't. You can't you know? unring a bell. And it, I think in, in our, our community, we were always taught that a responsible decision was common sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's actually a skill. It is. And so how we look at making yeah. responsible decisions to our own bodies. That's right. It is so crucial. And, you know, personal responsibility I sometimes cringe when I hear that mm-hmm. because I again I feel like it doesn't always sometimes mm-hmm. it does yeah. but doesn't always take into context mm-hmm. that person's true, true. reality mm-hmm. their, the, the, the truisms that they're living yeah. in every day and so yeah. we say to people it's just a simple case of you know nutrition and diet mm-hmm. well yeah that's easy for me to say because yeah. I am not food insecure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't live in a food desert right so it's very easy for me to say I shifted the way I eat. I shifted the things that mm-hmm. I eat because I didn't have to worry about being able to afford the food I eat. Right. 
or being able to get in my car and drive to the grocery store that had some food I wanted to eat. Right. I wasn't taking public transportation. Mm. I wasn't standing in line trying to figure out, do I have enough money to cover these groceries? Right. So I'm going to make a decision that makes the most sense for the budget that mm-hmm. I have. And so I'm going to get this from, I'm going to fry some chicken, Listen, I'm going to do all this. Hook I'm it gonna, up. I'm going to hook it up. I'm going to hook it up. Because it's, it's what I have. Listen, and this is what we do. Mm-hmm. This is how we have survived. Yes. So I will never, ever, ever shame yeah. somebody for something yeah, like that. Absolutely. And I also think that we have a responsibility mm-hmm. as a community yeah. to address these systems mm. that make it hard or challenging or as a barrier absolutely. for somebody to be able to change the way they eat. You know, and that, wow. Because, I mean, when we talk about, like, like the things that I'm advocating for on SEL side, this First of all, there's so much more that we, we can yeah. be advocating for. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. We cannot push mm-hmm. to, like, you have to eat this and you have to diet this when a lot of our black people mm-hmm. are in survival mode. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we talked about earlier, in an early episode, I was talking about an article I read called Poverty Taxes the Brain. Mm-hmm. And how mm-hmm. when we're living in poverty, right. our brain right. is, like, it literally is in trauma. It's like, it's That's not right. functioning well. And when you are in sustained trauma, your brain synapses mm-hmm. get truncated. Mm-hmm. They get damaged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But here's a beautiful thing about your brain synapses. When you disrupt that trauma, yeah. it can regenerate. Mm-hmm. Right? Which mm-hmm. is why we have to be clear. Yeah. Like there is so much connective tissue yeah. between what we're experiencing internal externally and internally. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And how we can transform wow. and shape shift. Mm. And shapeshift. And shapeshift into a healthier yes. new version of ourselves. Yes, this is so good. Yeah. So, so like, what are some, I know we talked about what is menopause yeah. and um, what does it look like? What are the first signs of sure. it? And, like, just understanding our bodies and what it looks like. But what are some natural remedies or uh, something that you could yeah. give to the, the well, audience? Well, you know, mm, so the first thing, again, is, like, what you eat. So, you know, figuring out the right um, combination of foods mm-hmm. that work for your body. Yeah. Every, this is a very individualized experience. Mm-hmm. So what you eat and what I eat mm-hmm. will affect us both differently. Yeah. Right? So I think nutrition and, and um, what your diet looks like on a daily basis mm-hmm. is the first okay. line of defense. Okay. I think the second line of defense is how you are able to move your body, mm. um, whether that's walking or yoga or running yeah. Um, or whatever, dancing, you know, whatever the case may be, moving your body and oxygenating your Mm. body and getting out in the sun and getting, a lot of black folk have vitamin D deficiencies. So like that has an impact on your immune, your immune system and all the things. And so thinking about how you're moving your body, like my, one of my movement practice is yoga. I love yoga. I I just, it's, it's, it is giving me what I need mm-hmm. to feel strong yeah. and flexible, yeah. and it also centers me. Mm-hmm. And I, I adore the practice. Yeah. And I am not good at yeah. it all the time. Like, there are times <laughs> where I feel like I'm a toddler right. on that mat. I'm like, you look like you're two years old today. What is going <laughs> on with you? Little, but it feels good. It feels good. Yeah. And I laugh. Yeah. And there are times where I'm on my mat and I'm just crying yeah. because my body needs the release. Mm. But moving your body and finding out of what what movement looks good for mm-hmm. you, what works for you, mm-hmm. and just committing to moving your body. Yeah. Um, I think other things that can be helpful is um, there are herbal remedies like black cohosh mm-hmm. and wild yam and things like wow. that. And there are some over-the-counter remedies that are yeah. supportive. And then if that doesn't work, you can also talk to your healthcare provider around hormone replacement yeah. therapy to see if that works for you. Not everybody can do hormone yeah. replacement therapy. So it is not cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. It's not one size fits all. Mm-hmm. It really depends on the person, yeah. who they are, yeah. 
how their what their body needs and mm-hmm. also the context of who they are yeah. culturally, politically, and all those things. Mm-hmm. I say that menopause is three things: it's physical, mm-hmm. cultural, and political. Mm. Right. So we remember those three things, yeah. and we're thinking about a person's menopause journey. They should be able to address it in those three areas. Wow. So give me a quick: how would they address it politically? So politically. Because this is good. Yes. Yeah. So politically, it's kind of like what we do around our advocacy work, mm-hmm. right? So a good example of politically is workplace policy. Ooh. A lot of workplace um, policies for women and women-identified people have focused on, and rightly so, mm-hmm. um, people who are pregnant or parenting, right? So it's like, how do we make sure that we have an accepting open, flexible, diverse work environment where if people decide that they want to start a family, Mm -hmm. that they can um, take care of themselves while they're pregnant Mm -hmm. or they can um, have time off. So all the work that's been done around maternity leave and FMLA and all the work that's been done to, uh, you know, create safe spaces in workplaces for people to be able to lactate and to be able to express their milk. So much work has happened around that. Imagine the difference between me being in the workplace six weeks after I had my first son mm-hmm. and I'm breastfeeding and I'm taking stuff to work mm-hmm. and I, they, people are just like, you know, do what you need to do, yeah. take care of yourself. Yeah. Fast forward to me being menopause when I'm having a hot flash. Nobody care you having a hot flash. And they don't really see it. They don't see it. They, they just experience it. you as being contrite. Mm-hmm. They experience you as being mm-hmm. cranky, yep. moody. Yep. Mean. Mm-hmm. Oh, and nobody wants an aggressive black woman. Don't, nobody want an older, oh, angry. A, a black woman who smells good but is mean. <laughs> like, oh, she smells so good. Why is she so hateful? Why is she so hateful? Why is she so hateful? Right. Right? Wow. So there is workplace policy to take in consideration mm. the work needs mm. of aging and menopausal wow. people. Flexible schedules. Wow. FMLA for menopause. Yeah. Like, there should be those policies in place. That's why I say it's political. That's good. Yeah. Because you know, like, you you are typically uh, someone over the age of 60 is retired. Potentially. Potentially. And many perimenopausal people mm-hmm. who are experiencing these hot flashes, yes. night sweats, moods mm-hmm. are in their 40s. That's what I'm saying. So when you yeah. think about, like, yes. me typically not knowing anything about menopause, when yeah. I think about menopause, I'm like, oh, that's in your 60s. Sure. You know, but then you have these women sure. that are in their 40s yeah. that are in their primes, yeah. in their careers. Handling their business. Handling their business. Or but going through this. Not Maybe not in their prime, maybe struggling to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine mm-hmm. being underpaid, working an hourly job? Ooh working in a convenience store mm. or working mm. at a fast food restaurant and you having hot flashes. You can't remember if you locked the freezer or didn't lock the freezer. Wow. Your coworkers are giving you hell. Wow. And you're like, I'm making $10 an hour. Yep. And I'm sitting here with my body ba- feeling like this. In the bathroom crying, trying to get myself together so I can go back out here. Customers are being rude and nasty. Wow. wow. Right? And, you know, this is a, also a piece that's so good for us as black people, mm-hmm. black women. We need to have empathy. We yeah. need to really yeah. understand our social awareness skills. That's right. That when we go into places where we do see a, a grandma, yeah. that's right. you know, or we do see a that's ma'am, right. someone right. we call, recognize. That's right. Like, be aware, perspective take. That's right. Before you come up in there with an attitude at the counter at CVS. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or before you just out at a at a restaurant, 
practice these skills. That's so one that of my you, favorite things to do is to interact with. Yes, older me age. too. Oh, I love. I that. love. And listen, I'm a I'm an elder. Go and lay at my elder feet. I was <laughs> literally when my grandparents were alive. Mm-hmm. I was the one. Mm-hmm. I literally moved here. This is how I moved to North Carolina because mm-hmm. my parents lived in Sanford, North Carolina. I was in Atlanta at the time, mm-hmm. and my grandmother got sick, mm-hmm. and I was the only entrepreneur in my immediate family. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to move and help sure. take care of her. My mom was working. She worked from home, but yeah. she worked upstairs, so she was trying to multitask. And I, I was able to do that for both of my grandparents oh. because of my flexible work schedule. Right. So I would come down. I literally made a schedule just to come and take care of them and change my grandmother. I would change her, walk her to the bathroom, all of that. Mm-hmm. And I realized how important it was to be around elders and to just lean into the wisdom. And so I am that way. Whenever I see, you know, someone that I know is my elder, Mm -hmm. I want to engage. I want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. I want to get to know you. Even if it's for five minutes Mm -hmm. of your time, I want to slow my life down. That's right. To acknowledge. We We can can do do that. There's no skin off your back to be kind. It's no skin off your back. Even if you're having a rough day, a simple, how you doing? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I hope you, you know, have a good day. Yeah, we had a woman yesterday. We were at Juju mm-hmm. eating, and um, a woman came up to me because they forgot my soup. I had mm-hmm. some curry soup. It was mm-hmm. so good. Some curry soup before my it was my appetizer, mm-hmm. and so they brought my main course. And I said, "Excuse me, I had the soup. I never got it." Mm-hmm. And um, they're like, "Oh my gosh, my gosh!" So you know, they said we're going to bring this back. And this older woman came to me, and she said, "Listen, baby," she said, "the way you responded." Yeah. To us, we're gonna take this soup off because we, we we don't even get responses like sure, that sure. in this area. People are like, "No, I ordered this." Da, yeah, da, da. Like yeah. it's just a, and I'm just like, you know. But you, when you think about it, though, when you are settled in your own spirit, that's right. When you're happy with what you do, sure. you know, it really takes a, a lot of of you. Yes. To to reflect out. It takes know? a lot of effort, I think, to be mean. It takes a lot of effort. I think it takes effort. a lot of effort to be mean. And one of my favorite things to do at the bank is if I see an older sister in the bank and she done got dressed to go to the bank. Yeah. I like to flirt. <laughs> I'm like, where you looking cute? You where look are you going? Right. Okay, man. Right. Don't hurt nobody. Don't hurt That's nobody. my favorite thing Listen, to do. It's I the, love it's it. It's the affirmations for I love me, it. right? I love it. Um, so we're gonna wrap up, but I just do have one more. I want to talk about the self-esteem affected during the stage of a menopause. Yeah. You know, if you you can just address or encourage yeah. some some black women mm-hmm. that are going through this right now or maybe in the early stages mm-hmm. or just feeling the, the difference in sure. the body. Sure. You know, what what can you 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 tell them to help their self-esteem? Yeah. You know, the first thing I want to say is that if somebody is beginning their journey and there's and because I think a lot of people start to question, am I perimenopausal? Mm-hmm. Because they start to notice yeah. things, yeah. right? The first thing I want to say to folk is that you are the expert of your own body. Mm. You are the expert. So Kristen is the expert wow. of Kristen's body. Wow. Omi is the expert mm-hmm. of Omi's body. Mm. You are the expert of your body. Yes. So once you start listening mm-hmm. more to what your body is telling you, yeah. I always um, am grateful for my girlfriends because mm. we talk about everything. Yes, I love it. Everything. So if I'm experiencing something mm-hmm. physically, the first place I take it are to my trusted yes. intimates. Come on. That's what I call my folk, my trusted close folk. Trusted intimates. I, you know, I'm social with a whole lot of yeah. people. Yeah. I'm very gregarious yeah. and outgoing, but my my intimates, mm-hmm. the people mm-hmm. who I can like yep. take a mask, everything, 
I'm like, this is going on. This is, is it? Are you? Is this happening with you too? Mm. The query, mm-hmm. the back and forth, mm-hmm. the question. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to ground truth. What's yeah. happening with you? With people you trust. I love that. Right. I love that. And then, you know, be able to have a conversation with your healthcare provider. Yeah. One of my favorite things to tell people is like, you deserve exquisite care. Mm. Mm. Right. So if you have insurance and you've been going to a physician and you're noticing something different. The first thing you do when you go into the doctor's office is they listen. Yep. I have three things that I want to talk to you about mm-hmm. today. Do you have time to yeah. talk to me yeah. before we do anything, anything else? else? And if they say, oh, it's kind of tight mm-hmm. today, you say, okay, can we, do, can we schedule a follow-up? Because yep. I need to talk mm-hmm. to you. And I need information. Don't just go, because you know the doctor Don't just be coming, dismissive. Don't, don't be, dismissive. be dismissive. So, And there are good doctors mm-hmm. out there. I am so grateful for Avis Artist. Mm. Is that your doctor? She was my doctor. She's retired. Oh, man, I was going to say, give me a, I need, oh. a, I need a good one. Ah, oh, she's retired. I see Dr. Choi now, and I okay. love Dr. Choi as okay. well. But I've been going to Harrison Smith, OBGYN, okay. with all the other black women. Okay, I'm going to check them out, because I need, I need one, <laughs> yeah. for real. And she was amazing. Okay. And I met Avis when I was 31. Okay. I wow. met her right after my mom passed wow. away. And the very first appointment I had with her, she was like, so let's talk. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. She wow. said, tell me about yourself. Wow. And I just started crying. And I was just like, my parent, my mom died. Right. And, da, 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 and I need you to check me for this, 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 right. this, this, this. She said, okay, okay. She said, I'm sensing there's a lot of anxiety yeah. that you're having right now. Yeah. She said, let's just take it one step at a time. Wow. And she really saw me, mm. and I'm grateful for that. Wow. She, the same thing when I had the miscarriage, yeah. and then she delivered my my, my son, my youngest oh. son. Like I just am grateful for that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I'm grateful for the relationship with my therapist. Yeah. I'm grateful for the relationship with my primary care physician yeah. because I know when I sit on that table, mm-hmm. I can say, "I need to talk to you for a second. Yep, and they're gonna listen. And they're gonna say, "Okay." Because yeah. they know I'm, I'm going to look stuff up. Mm. I said, I don't diagnose yep. myself, yep. but I will look something up. I will look up, something up. Right? And, mm. and, and my primary care physician, he says, you do social justice, I do medicine. Mm. I said, yes. <laughs> I said, that's why I bring you Right, questions. right. That's why I need information. Because right. I expect you to give me the information. Right. Right. If you are not getting the support you need from your health care providers, mm-hmm. and you can leave, vote with your feet. Mm. Y'all heard that? Don't stay. And ask for references. Yes. Ask for recommendations. Yeah. Talk to other people. Who's a good yep. primary care physician? Yep. Who's a good OBGYN? Mm-hmm. Who's a good therapist? Put the information out there. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, if you can't leave, because mm-hmm. we know everybody doesn't have flexibility with their insurance, yeah, or they absolutely. might be underinsured, yep. bring somebody with you. Yep. My younger sister takes me with her to her daughter's mm, appointment. I love that. She's like, this is my older sister. And I'm always like, yep. hi. Hi, let's talk. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there listening. Mm-hmm. And then when the doctor says whatever, because my sister has really, really bad asthma, mm-hmm. and the you know the pulmonologist will say, "This is this is what's going on," blah blah blah, and then I'll look at my sister and I say, "Did you understand what he said?" Mm-hmm. And she said, "Not really." Mm-hmm. And then I said, "Well, let's break it down again. Let's break that down." <laughs> yeah, again. I love now, that. My sister doesn't have any cognitive issues. My sister mm-hmm. is fifty-four years old. Yeah, but she gets intimidated. Absolutely, as so many black women, so many people do. And then what we do is to say, "Well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna bear it." Yep. Yep. We, or, or thank you so much. You don't, you don't, you don't want to feel no. like. So you're like, it's fine. It's fine. It's also not a real thing. Mm. It's fine. Mm. We have normalized being a little tired. Wow. We have normalized being a little bit in pain. Mm-hmm. We have normalized being a little fatigued. Mm. And we need to stop normalizing that. Wow. Because your body is telling you something. 
you know, it, it, I've never looked at it this way. And you guys are like just, everybody has just been blessing me because mm -hmm. I've never looked at SEL from a lens of having or being in relationship with your body. Mm -hmm. And so like just as a relationship sure. skill, sure. right? You just said something about listening to your body. Mm -hmm. Like when I think of relationship skills, I'm like, I am a good friend because I'm actively listening. Mm -hmm. But am I actively listening to my body? Are you listening to yourself? Am I listening to myself? Are you listening to the internal narratives that are not healthy and interrogating those? So good. So that way you can be like, that's not actually mm -hmm. true. Mm -hmm. That's an old hurt. Yeah. Or that's not even mine. That's not, and I mean, that's not even mine to carry. That's I'm, not even mine I'm to carry. carry. We talk about this invisible backpack yes. that we carry yes. with all these emotions. Yes. And we're like, what emotion am I carrying today? But then you realize you might be carrying other people's emotions right. and it's and heavy. I don't know what your backpack. I don't want I got my own backpack. backpack. And you know, there's what's the quote, we, we wear the mask that grins and lies. Mm. Right. There are some masks that we will likely, yeah. as black folks, keep close because we live in this country mm. it's smart yeah it's wise yeah. to keep that mask because yeah. it keeps you safe wow. but there are other masks that you may have um, constructed or put to use over your lifetime mm -hmm. that i don't know about yeah because you needed that mask yeah. but it might not be healthy wow and so what you get to do is thank your younger self thank not you. shame her wow. or embarrass her and be like you know, young Kristen, mm -hmm. you was trying to keep us safe. Girl, look at you trying mm -hmm. to make sure we were safe. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Wow. I love you. Wow. But we safe now. Mm -hmm. So we're going to put this mask down because yeah. yeah. we don't need it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to go this way. And you get to come with me. Wow. I'm not banishing you yeah. or putting you in a box yeah. or in the bottom of a well. You get to come with. Let's go. Mm. All versions at any age get to come with. This is so good, y'all. I know you guys got something from this. All the gems that Miss Omi Sade just dropped has like blessed my soul, you know, and rejuvenated me and my spirit. Um, and you know, it's just allowing me to to die. I'm gonna have to digest this episode and watch it over and over again mm -hmm. because it really speaks to my body, mm -hmm. right? That and it speaks to my soul, yeah. but as a as just understanding my body more and being, this was the perfect episode for my age. Sure. Because as yeah. 35, yeah. I feel like I've hit an age yeah. where I am changing. And I don't know what to do with that change. Mm -hmm. And it's been such an uh, interesting space to be. I think that's the right, interesting. Because mm -hmm. it hasn't been like a, oh my God, I'm mm -hmm. changing. I'm like, oh, I'm changing. Right. You know, I like it, right. but it's just interesting because yeah. it's like this has never happened before. Sure. And so if you are dealing with menopause or you feel like you're in your first stage of menopause, um, I want you to make sure Check that you connect out. with Omi. I want you to tell them every sure. platform that they can connect with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. You can go to our website, www.blackgirlsguidetosurvivingmenopause.com. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. You can follow us on Instagram. Um, my personal handle is Omi Shade Bernie Scott yes. or Black Girls Guide to Menopause. Yes. You can also follow us on Facebook, Black Girls Guide to Surviving Menopause. Mm -hmm. You can listen to the podcast yes. anywhere you listen to it. Yes. Spotify. Spotify, Apple, Love we it. have um, three zines that mm -hmm. we've published. You can access them on our link tree. Yep. Yep. So, okay. Yeah, just check us out. And I want to make sure that we link mm -hmm. like your your stuff okay. on our site okay. so that people that come and visit our site okay. will have a whole thing that they can right. just click and go to your site. Okay. I thank you so thank much. Thank you for having so me. So much. This is Black SEL. Blackity Black. Blackity Black. Thank you so much, and we are out. <laughs>
Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Black SEO Podcast. If you'd like to support the movement and be a part of us impacting more Black communities with our resources around the nation, you can donate to blackseo.org or click the link in our show notes. It's time we share our own stories. Help amplify Black voices by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts for the Black SEO Podcast. Leaving a review has a bigger impact than you think. It not only helps more people find the show, but it helps more Black people realize that they are not alone. We all know what it feels like to be unheard, but Black SEL is a safe space for us and by us. Leaving a review can take you less than five minutes, but the impact will change lives.